0: All right, let's go into the message today on change. Last week. We started, and what's happening, just to bring you up, if you weren't here, we're dealing with the promises, four promises that God gave Israel, and they're real today, and and he's come, Egypt now had enslaved the Israelites for 400 years, they've been enslaved, they've been made, had taskmasters over them, it's been brutal, and God comes in and tells Moses, I've seen the affliction that's been upon my people, I've seen their suffering, but I want you to go tell them I'm about to bring them out and I'm making four promises to my people, and here they are, and let's go back to them real quick now. It's in Exodus chapter six, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and here's promise number one, I will bring you out. Salvation, I'm gonna set you apart, I'm gonna bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Number two, promise number two is I'm gonna free you from being slaves to them, I'm, I'm gonna release you from the bondage that they have you in. Promise number three is I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I'm gonna save you, I'm gonna deliver you, but then I'm gonna redeem you, and then once I've redeemed you, I will take you as my own people, fulfillment, and I will be your God, but he doesn't stop there. Then he says, then you will know, when? When you've experienced these four things. When you've experienced salvation, I'm here glad you're saved this morning. When you've experienced salvation, deliverance, redemption, and fulfillment, then you're gonna know that I'm the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I shared with you last Sunday, there's four things God wants you to know. Let's hit them real quick. Number one, he wants to save you. God wants you to experience salvation. Get your notes out. The promise of salvation, what is that? Sanctification. What does that mean? To be set apart. God wants you to know that salvation has nothing to do with you. has everything to do with what his son did on Calvary. And all I have to do to be saved is believe in him. There's nothing on my part. Jesus does it all. Salvation is a position in Christ, not a report card. That I'm either saved today or back. So I didn't wake up today and go, am I going to be saved or lost? I'm saved because I stand in a position of Christ. He has set me apart. How many's glad you're saved on your good days and rough days? Yeah. Amen. Why? Because salvation's a position in Christ. And then he said after that, I want you to know, I want to deliver you. And that's freedom. We're going to talk about that one today. But how many's glad that when you got saved Jesus, how many in here when you got saved Jesus instantly set you free from some stuff? Some big stuff. How many still working on some stuff? Amen, why, we're still being delivered. That's why many of us, we grew up without saying, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. Two of those were right, but one was a lie. You ain't sanctified yet. We're being sanctified, because there's still some stuff going on in every one of our lives. Come on, amen in the house today, and we're working it out. I've been set apart, but I'm being delivered. I'm saved, but I'm being set free. And Jesus wants you to know, he wants to deliver you. Number two, number three, excuse me, is redemption. And redemption is restoration. And what Jesus is saying there, after I save you, I set you apart, I'm delivering you, And when I get through and and working through that and you get it, then I'm gonna redeem you. And the word redemption there means I'm gonna take you back to my original plan in your life before you were ever created in the womb of your mother. I'm gonna bypass all that dysfunctionalism that was in your family. We're gonna bypass all the addiction and the hurt and the suffering and the offenses that you've been through that's been holding you back from reaching your purpose and destiny. We're fixing to bypass that. We're gonna start all over again. Come on, how many is glad God can start you all over again? Amen. When a man becomes a Christian, the Bible says he becomes a brand new person on the inside. Everything else passes away and it all starts brand new for him. And God says, I wanna redeem you into that. And then number four, he says, I want you to know, I wanna bring fulfillment into your life. And what is that? That's called praise. Because when you experience salvation and you experience deliverance and you're walking in your redemption, there's a praise gonna start in your mouth. There's a praise that's gonna start in your heart. We're gonna talk about the other two in the next two weeks. And so let's talk today on this thing called salvation moving into deliverance. Because Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, read it with me. And we see it here. God saved you by his grace. I mean, he's thankful for unmerited favor this morning. He saved us by his grace when? When we believe. That's all we did. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that he raised from the dead, we shall be saved. The only thing we had to do in our salvation was believe. And you can't take credit for this It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you have done, so none of us can boast about it. God said he saved you by his grace. When? When you believed. When you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. How many thankful as we shared last Sunday, the only part that you played in your salvation is just coming to Jesus, acknowledging that I need him, and believing in him. I'm not on a report card. He's not up there in heaven with a two by four waiting for me to breathe wrong. No, I'm saved because Jesus bore my sins in his body on the cross. He paid the total price. God immediately saves you and gives you a total and complete new beginning when you believe in him and put your trust in him. You are instantly saved in order to now begin a process of walking into deliverance experiencing redemption through that deliverance and walking in your purpose and fulfilling God's plan for your life. And today I want us to get us on that journey. Y'all ready to go with me? So you understand salvation has nothing to do with us, has everything to do with Jesus. He did everything that's required for mine and your salvation. We just have to believe in it. But when it comes to deliverance, you and I have a part to play in that. And so let's talk about that today. Philippians. You see, works are involved in your deliverance. There was no works involved in your salvation. Jesus did it all. But you and I have a part to play in our deliverance. How many is ready to be set free from from stuff? Amen? And so let's look at it. The Bible says work hard to show the results of your salvation. He didn't say to work hard to be saved because you don't have any part in your salvation. He said work hard to show the results of your salvation obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Another translation puts it like this, work out of your own salvation with fear and trembling. And God said, when you're ready to work it out, He said, I'll give you the will and the power to do it. When you're ready to be free, God said, I'll give you the will and the power to let that stuff go and walk in the freedom that I've made available to you. But you've gotta wanna be free. How many knows God doesn't take anything from you that you wanna keep? And if you wanna keep your bitterness, God will let you keep it. If you wanna walk in unforgiveness, God will let you. If you wanna keep doing drugs, God will let you keep doing drugs. If you wanna keep doing whatever sins in your life, God's not gonna take that away. God says, but if you're ready to get free, he said, I'm gonna deliver you. I want you to work out your own salvation. And what does that mean? Sometimes you're gonna get immediately set free from some stuff. How many experienced that? But how many besides me still working some stuff out? Amen. And I need to belong to a church family that's gonna help me work it out, not judge me in the process. Cause none of us have it down yet. No preacher has it down yet. We're still dealing with some stuff And I've got to work out mine, but just because you've got your part down, don't judge me if I'm still working on that same sin you've accomplished, because I'm not going to judge you in the area you're still working on. And we're going to work it out together, and I want to belong to a family that will help us do that. If you cannot get healed and restored in your own church, you need to find another church, because you're not in a real one. And you've got to come and realize today that the church is a hospital and we're going to heal each other. Salvation comes through Jesus, but deliverance comes through his body. I'm going to show you scripturally. All right. And so let's look at this. Do you know that 87% of the people in the church never get past promise number two? 87% of the people in the church never get to their redemptive promise and their fulfillment promise. They stay stuck in the deliverance process their entire life, miserable and unhappy. Saved but miserably saved. I'm just talking the facts to you right now, but it don't have to be that way. Come on, how many Christians do you know that are saved but they're not happy? They're not happy. They're not free. They're saved from their sin, but they're not free from themselves. They're not free from what's happened to them. They're not free from guilt. They're not free from from offenses. They're not free from the past. But Jesus says, I want to not just get you out of Egypt. Let's get Egypt out of you. Because I've got redemption waiting over here for you, but you can't move into your redemptive promise until you get delivered and start the process. Are you with me? And so I want us to look at this today. Works comes only after salvation has taken place. So I can't start the delivering process until I've experienced promise number one. But once I've experienced salvation, now I immediately start moving into a process of being delivered, being set free. And, and we've got folks sitting in these pews right now that are sending me emails and letters and all kinds of things saying, Pastor, I came to this church and I was so bound. I was so broken. I was so torn. And, and many things got dropped and moved from my life immediately. But I was still struggling with this or struggling with that. But some people in the body embraced me and they walked me through my struggle. They, and they didn't throw me out. They didn't disown me. They didn't judge me. But today I can say, Pastor, I'm free. I'm free, and and that's what the body's about. That salvation comes through Jesus, but you gotta have some people in your life if you're gonna get delivered. I'm gonna show you this now. You see, salvation was instant, and here's why so many people stay stuck in the delivering process. It's because salvation, all it took from you was a belief, and it was instant. Deliverance doesn't happen that way. Deliverance isn't an instant thing in many areas of our life. And because it didn't happen like salvation did, we give up and quit or we get frustrated. And we think God's going to do it all and God's saying, no, I'm going to give you the will and the power to be delivered, but you got to work it out. You got a part to play in your deliverance. Come on, you with me in here today? See, God's saying, quit bringing it to the altar and do something about it. Don't bring stuff to my altar that you don't want to get rid of. Don't ask me to take away stuff you want to keep. Well, I haven't got revenge yet, so I'm not ready to forgive. Then don't ask me to help you. That's what God's saying. you got to want to be free to get delivered. And so let's let's look at this because there's three areas of focus that I want to talk to you about because you see, working out your salvation works is the outward manifestation of an inward change. And that's what Jesus is saying when he says work out your own salvation. He's saying go start working out on the outside what I've already done on the inside. I've set you free, now go start living it. You don't have to do drugs again. You don't have to do alcohol. You don't have to go fornicate again. You don't have to cheat on your spouse again. You don't have to live in guilt and shame and condemnation again. You don't have to live in unforgiveness another day of your life. Just walk it out. Work out your own salvation. It happened after the eight o'clock service this morning, first time guest. And I won't say too much that she, she didn't raise her hand at salvation, but she asked to speak to me after church and, and dear sweet lady with her little, her little grandbabies and, and she came in my office and tears started flowing down her little cheeks. And she said, and she told me to store a horrific story of abuse and sexual abuse and everything from childhood. And she said, my whole life, I have lived under this cloud of, of guilt and shame. And she said, that message this morning just poked my heart and busted it open and she said today he and she looked at me with her eyes she said he really does love me doesn't he pastor I said more than I can ever express to you and I just held her and she cried and cried and cried and today she gave her heart to Jesus and, and some of our men we're going to be at her house this week and helping her set she's got furniture in her garage but her little children grandchildren are sleeping on the floor because she don't know how to put the beds together and she don't have no money to I said money I said we're going to have some guys at your house this week we're putting those beds together We're bringing your groceries. We're gonna fill your pantry. We're gonna be a church. Come on, folks. God says, come on. Uh, Let's work it out together. Let's work it out. Here's how Jesus put it. Come on, y'all. Come on. Though your sins are scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. Come on, y'all. Let's reason this thing together. Let's work it out together. I got to preach in there for a minute, didn't I? Sorry. Three focuses. Number one, get your notes out. There's victory over sin. I said, in deliverance, there's victory over sin. You don't have to live in sin. I said, you don't have to live in sin. This involves the decision and choices that we make ourselves. Jesus saying you gotta work it out. You gotta make right choices. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Because who you're running with is gonna determine the choices you make. Relationships are spiritual. The enemy wants to stop that generational transfer of God's blessings by putting you in bad relationships. And you gotta realize today the decisions you and I make determine the choices that we make that determine whether we stay bound or not. There's victory over sin, Romans. We gotta go quick here, Romans 7, 21 through 25. He said, and, and man, what powerful words. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Anybody identify with that? All right. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I want to do it, man. Inside, I want to do right. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. Who's writing this? The Apostle Paul. He's saying there's a war going on inside of me, flesh and spirit. And then he says, what a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God. Paul said, and there's this war going on of flesh and spirit, flesh and spirit, flesh and spirit, and sometimes I don't feel like I'm winning. Who's gonna rescue me from this body of flesh, Paul says, but thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can be free. You can have victory from sin today, folks. I'm telling you, you can live victorious. I can live victorious from the sin that so wants to own and control me. You see, you go to the prison. We have a powerful prison ministry here at the church, and I've been in many prisons, and thank God I got to leave, but I want to tell you, just visiting makes you want to get out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't want to stay there, but here's the facts. 50% of people that were incarcerated return within a three-year time frame. 50%. You would think after five years of being incarcerated, you'd go, I ain't coming back here. But 50% do. You want to know why? They had salvation, but they never experienced deliverance. They experienced freedom, but they never experienced deliverance. Now, if you think that's bad, 50%, 87% of the church is walking in salvation, but they hadn't got deliverance yet. That's why they keep going back to jail. Keep going back to their bondage. Keep going back to their hurt. Keep going back to their offense. It keeps owning them, imprisoning them. They keep going back Because they haven't experienced the delivering aspect of God's promise, only the freedom part. Is that good teaching? Are you getting it? You see? And so God wants you to know he's got promise one for you. That's salvation. That takes care of eternity. I'm eternally saved today if I keep my belief and my trust in Jesus. Good or bad day. That's not okay to go sin. It's saying if I have a struggle today, I'm still saved. All right? Number two, the second promise, it doesn't deal with eternity. It deals with today. Deliverance, salvation qualifies me for eternity. Deliverance qualifies me to have a quality, free life here on this earth. And to live in the joy of Jesus. You see, many are saved and they're going to heaven, but they struggle daily with messed up thinking. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. And the enemy wants that mind like Paul was saying, I know my spirit wants to do right, but my mind's being tormented by all these thoughts of wrong. And then we have a religious system that judged us every time we breathed wrong. I mean, I saw this sign, look at it. I kissed a girl and liked it, then I went to hell. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's how we were taught in church. I mean, you mess up, hell. You, you laugh going to hell, you did what, going to hell. And we grew up with this bondage of sin that we couldn't conquer. Come on, am I right? And I want to tell you, Jesus didn't come to send you to hell. He came to set you free. He came to set you free today. And so I want us to deal with that today. Number two, you see, let let me go back to victory over sin. I've really got to hurry here. If you're defending an area of your life, if there's an area of your life that you're defending, that area of your life is probably an area of bondage and destruction. If you're having to defend it, it's probably wrong. Stop defending your destruction and start walking in your freedom. That was worth coming right there, but you know. Number two, deliverance, number one, gives us victory over sin. Number two, it gives us healing of our wounds. You see, sin is defined what you did to yourself, but wounds are defined by what others did to you. Many of us never get out of step two, promise two, and into our Redemptive work of God in our life because of open wounds that were caused by others that hurt us deeply in our life. Broken home, abused as a child, a divorce or betrayal as an adult, hurt deeply by someone you trusted and loved, falsely accused by someone. Wounds represent those hurts that you did not invite nor did you ask for, and we've all got them, my friend. They're the actions of others that blindside us and catch us off guard, and all of a sudden we find ourselves cut and bleeding. But if you do not deal with your wounds once and for all, if you do not allow God to close those wounds and bring a healing, how many is glad he's a healer? He's still a bomb in Gilead that still heals the hurts of the people. If you do not allow God, and I've been there and folks that go to this church know my story. I know what it's like, man, to be so deeply hurt, offended, attacked, abused, as a child, I know those hurts and to carry them your whole life and, and, and have nightmares. I've, I've lived it all, but today I stand in front of you, a free man Amen. with no bitterness in my heart whatsoever. None, none, but totally free, but it took a while. And it took a lot of effort on my part, and it took having some good people around me that would walk me through that, that healing process. But I want to tell you today, if you do not let the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus and the word of God close that wound and heal it, you will never get through your deliverance. And you will never, ever, ever in your lifetime get to experience God's redemptive work in your life and walk in the fulfillment and the plan that he has for you on this earth. You're going to live in struggling to be free the rest of your life. But you don't have to today. God wants to heal your wounds. Amen. He wants to free you from sin. He wants to heal your hurts today. Come on, y'all with me today? You see, why does the devil fight this area? Why, number two, why deliverance? Why is that the area that the devil wants to fight so hard and keep you in? Because he knows that salvation and walking in the deliverance process along is no threat to his kingdom. But once you walk through your deliverance and you start that process and you enter into your redemptive work and you enter into God's original plan for your life, and you start walking in that, you're gonna impact your sphere of influence and you're gonna change the world and the enemy doesn't want that. Right. And so if he can keep the church just struggling in their delivering process, we never become a threat to his kingdom walking in our redemptive work that God has established for us here on this earth. That's why the enemy wants to keep you stuck here. But I just wanna let him to know today, not, Amen. not happening, come on, you with me? Because we're gonna walk in it. All right, Ephesians 4. I've got to wrap it up here. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Come on, you've got to let those wounds go. You've got to let unforgiveness go. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. And I want to stand here as a pastor that understands deep hurt and deep wounds. And I want to tell you, I'm not asking you to act like nothing happened. That'd be foolish. I'm not even going to tell you to forget it because that's dumb. Because you can't. But I'm going to ask you to let the Holy Spirit heal you. And where what the enemy used to use to destroy you, God's going to use to develop you. And you're going to be a lighthouse that's going to declare the goodness of God. And where you used to have to stand in in a place of oppression and defeated, now you're going to get to look and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what he's done. Healed my body, touched my mind. Yes, he did. Why? Because he's healing the wounds of my heart. And then number three, what does this promise of deliverance do? Gives me victory over sin it heals my wounds but it also gives me authority over the enemy. It gives me authority over the enemy. You must learn how to take authority over the enemy. You must stop giving him back the territory that God has already given to you. Don't keep going back. You have authority over the enemy. You don't have to go back to drugs. You don't have to go back to addiction. You don't have to go back to pornography. You don't have to go back to unforgiveness. You don't have to go back to an offense and reopen that wound. You don't have to. God's given us authority over the enemy today, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. We've got to come today and and realize that God has given us authority over the enemy. I love this. Go to me, and we're we're going to have a couple more scriptures, but look at Romans. And this is one of my favorite scriptures, and it's one of the foundations of this church. And, And he speaks here, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Now, I want you to look at this because in Romans 8, 1 and 2, look at your notes. It says, so now, we got the wrong scripture up there. So now there is no condemnation to those who are belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Did you read it in your notes? Did you see it? So there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you do not get this scripture in your heart, you are stuck right where you are the rest of your life. If you do not get this scripture in your heart, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. If you do not let go of the shame and the frustrations of your past sins, failures and hurts, and hurts of the past, you're stuck and you're never gonna enter your redemptive plan of God for your life. But you can if you understand I have authority over the enemy, that I do not have to allow him to control my life. I have issues, you have issues. And until we acknowledge them, we are stuck with those who choose to live miserable and defeated in their life. Now, here's the Romans 8 scripture. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind, it leads to life and peace that I have the authority in Jesus today to walk in a life that is full of peace and joy if I allow the spirit to control my mind. That now I don't have to live in that defeat. I don't have to live in that hurt, that offense, that pain. But Jesus has made a way. Why? Promise number two, I'm gonna deliver you. Not only am I gonna bring you out of Egypt, I'm gonna get Egypt out of you. I'm gonna bring you into a place of freedom. Come on, how many's thankful for that today in Jesus? How many's ready to walk in a place that I'm not gonna keep living over here? And and I did it for years, folks, so I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching to you and with you. I did it for years. I kept living back in that hurt and that offense and and it kept owning me and nightmares and all those things. And, And for over 30 years, I lived in the hurt that I went through as a kid. But thankfully, one day, One day I had an experience and somebody sat down and talked to me about some stuff I'm talking to you today and it got into my heart and I received the word of God and I began to make the right changes and do the right things and it still didn't happen overnight but it happened and today I can tell you, man, no more nightmares, no more stuff, no more anger, no more bitterness, no more hurt. I'm free to walk in my redemptive purpose that God created me for in the womb of my mother today because I chose to be delivered, not be defensive. As long as you defend your hurt, you'll never be delivered from it. As long as you defend, well, you don't know what they did to me. You're still a slave to them. But the day you let Jesus deliver you, you no longer have a reason to defend your hurt because your hurt is now healed. Come on, let's give Jesus praise for that. Amen. And then let me wrap up with this. Get your notes out. What's the key now, Pastor? What's the key? How, how do I walk? How many wants to know how to walk in this deliverance? Amen. Is this helping y'all today? Amen. How many wants to know how to walk in it? Relationships are the key to deliverance. We said to you earlier that salvation comes through Jesus alone, but deliverance is going to require other people in your life. You see, God takes care of what we did, but he doesn't guarantee we won't do it again. God takes care of your hurt, but he doesn't guarantee that you're not gonna go back there. You gotta get some people in your world that's gonna help you in your delivering process. And so how do we make sure we don't go back to sin? Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen: He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. But you better know who you're renouncing and confessing it to. Look at this, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to God only? No, no, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Look at me right now. Jesus took care of your salvation, but he uses other people to take care of your deliverance. And if you isolate yourself from the body of Christ, you will never find the deliverance that you're looking for because it requires other people in your circle of influence. Come on, y'all with me today? Because I want to tell you, I know what it's like to be hurt. I know what it's like to be hurt by the church, not this one. Thank God. But I know what it's like to be hurt and isolate, but the banana that gets separated from the bunch is going to get peeled. And you isolate yourself. You'll never find freedom. You never will because you have nobody to communicate with. And I need people around me for two reasons. I need some people that'll kick me in the rear end when I need it, and I need some people that I can say anything I need to say to and know they're gonna love me and respect me just as much tomorrow morning. You gotta have some people like that in your world. And so let's look at that real quick, all right? Because people cannot forgive you of your sins do you hear me? People cannot forgive you of your sins, but the right people God will use to help heal you. You've gotta have some people in your world like that that's just gonna stay on you and stay on you and stay on you and come on, you gotta get back to church. Come on, you gotta, come on, let's let that go, let that go. I got folks in town, they're still not in church, I'm aggravating the fire out of them. They're, they're friends of mine, I love them and I care about them as a friend and a pastor and I'm like, come on, you got. I don't care where you go, you just gotta go gotta get your heart right, get in the church, get in the body, come on, let's do this, let's win. You gotta have some people and you gotta connect with a small group. You see, relationships are spiritual. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Your ship's never gonna reach this destination if you're hanging around with people whose ship just sunk. And that's where you're getting your counsel. You gotta have some people around you that's gonna tell you what you don't wanna hear sometimes, but what you need to hear, because they love you. And I wanna challenge you today, how do you do this? Get into some small groups. There's three things I wanna challenge you in your delivering process. And I'm gonna close with this, that I wanna challenge you as a pastor to do. Number one, if you've accepted Jesus, you've experienced promise number one, salvation. And we had many, many people last Sunday, uh, get ba- I wanna challenge get water baptized, because it's a commandment, it's part of the process. And if you've accepted Christ and you've not been water baptized or if you got baptized years ago and you left God and struggles and and you come back to God, the Bible says do your first fruits over again. And we're gonna have another water baptism very soon. And I wanna encourage you, why pastor? Why you even bring that up right now? Because water baptism is the wedding band of Christianity. It tells Jesus, it tells the world that I belong to somebody. I'm not doing that any longer because I belong to somebody. I'm not going there anymore because I belong to somebody. I'm not cheating on him, I'm being baptized, I'm telling the world what's already happened on the inside. Come on, it's part of your deliverance by the way. Number two, Church membership, connect with a church somewhere. If this church isn't what you're looking for, we'll help you because we are in relationship with some dynamic churches in this town. But I wanna tell you something, you've gotta have the fellowship of a body somewhere if you're gonna be delivered in this walk today. You've gotta connect with some people that really care about you and love you. And I just wanna say, if you're looking for a church and 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 you love the atmosphere here, we welcome you. But I wanna tell you this, Transformation Church, we're a church that's gonna help you work it out, not judge you for doing it wrong. That I can promise you. We're not on an okay failure. We're gonna help pick you up because I need you to help pick me up on days. And, and we're gonna work it out together. How many glad you're part of a family that'll work it out together, amen? And not judge you and criticize you and throw you to the dogs. No, we're gonna work it out. You had a bad day? Okay, then let's pick up. There's a guy sitting here right now, called me a while back and he went through a tough time in his life. and. And he called me and he was working in one of our ministries leading. He said, Pastor, I got to sit down. I got to sit down. I blew it last night. I yelled or screamed at my wife, cussed her out, matter of fact. And I'm not worthy to be used in the ministry. And I go, So you quit? And he goes, Yeah. I said, Well, I quit too. We got to find somebody to preach Sunday. And he was like, You can't do that. And I said, Neither can you. So what, well, you just quit? No, let's work it out. So what's the process of fixing it? Let's go fix it. Let's work it out together. Come on, I need a family around me like that. Amen? And so we're gonna help you, but you gotta get into the church and connect. And then lastly, small groups. Small groups connect with a small group. Go on the web page, look at all the small groups that are out there. Wednesday night Bible studies we have in different locations. The women's ministry, the hub. Go paint and make fun of other women that are painting. I, you know, get some good pictures of crystal with all that. Okay, help me out here. I mean, go, go connect, go, connect, go, connect, go, connect. Get in a small group, build relationship, and let's win this thing together, folks. I said, let's win this thing together. I close with this, I taught it last night at our small group on how to pray more effectively. And I share with them in the Romans on the shield of faith, that they would get a shield that fit them. If they were big, then their shield was big. And if they were little, their shield was little cause you don't want a little guy carrying a big shield and wearing himself out. He's no good in the battle. But here's one thing a lot of people don't know about the shield of faith, is the Romans made it intentionally that they would interconnect when they stood side by side that they locked together and it created a perimeter that the enemy could not penetrate. And the reason they did that was there was no holes the enemy could come in when the army connected together. But it also meant that if that guy got tired or weak and had to sit down, the shield stayed locked in place. Didn't give the enemy room to come in. And I wanna tell you, I wanna connect with some people around me that we locked together and all my days of struggle, and all my days of weakness, and even days that I might get knocked down, my shield's still up there protecting me and protecting everybody else. And we're gonna make it together cause we're the family of God. Come on, can we give him praise today? So today I wanna challenge you in closing is make sure you've got promise number one, salvation. Once you've experienced salvation, we as a family, let's move into deliverance together. And next Sunday, you don't want to miss next Sunday, I'm going to talk to you about that redemptive promise of how do I go back to God's original plan and miss all of this pain and suffering? How can I do that, Pastor, and start over again? Next Sunday, I'm going to tell you how. How many know some people need to hear that? Amen. I want you to bring them with you next Sunday. Bow your heads with me. And Father, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord, for this amazing day of your presence. God, the simplicity of your word. And I pray today that... Fathers, there's people sitting here today, God, that that there's still a battle with sin and still a battle with wounds. That today, God, you will speak to their heart and this will not just be another sermon, but God, it'll be a word, a rhema word, a word for now. Just like that little lady in the eight o'clock service, Lord, you opened her heart for the first time today and she don't have to live hurting any longer. I pray, God, that you'll do that in people's lives right now. And if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today, Man, I'm still struggling with sin and, and there's still stuff I've got to fix. And I know I need Jesus in my life today, but I don't feel condemnation today. I feel love. And today I want to start over and I want Jesus to help me to start a brand new life. If that's you, would you just slip a hand where you sit? I'm not coming to you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray a prayer for you. If that's you, just slip a hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you, sir. I just wanna start over, man. I wanna do it right. I wanna do it right this time. I wanna walk it out. How many here would say, Pastor Dan, today, man, I'm so cut open with wounds. I just need God to heal me today, man. I need to walk in that healing deliverance that you talked about today. My heart's been ripped open. Those unexpected, blindsided things, man, that, that I hadn't been able to let go of, but I want to today. Come on, it takes courage to do that. I try to be transparent with you. How many in here right now That's been a hold up for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up all over the building. I want you to pray this prayer with me if you raise your hand first of all for salvation. And we're gonna pray it with you. Pray it with me to say, say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, I would come to you. Confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I could be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm a new person. Starts over right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give a hand clap to these that prayed today?